Welcome to Banshee Jam Episode 2. Tonight we are finishing off our uh, series on the Persona 4 games, and I mean games because it's uh, several. Um, last week we did, went over the uh, the original title, the uh, Vita remake, and the anime, and tonight we're going off of the uh, four spinoffs. Yep. I'm your host, Patrick, and with me is Ariana. Hey. Hey. So, um, so there's enough spinoffs to warrant a full episode. Yeah. Um... To give you guys an idea, like each just, with their own story, and all of them are canon, mm-hmm, in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we say canon, we mean loose canon, very loose canon, because some of these games really take a lot of liberty with the original story. Atlas keeps milking the Persona Four, and I keep shelling out the money. I wonder if um, I wonder. I know that they're making a bunch of spinoffs to Five. They've already talked about it, but yeah. I wonder if there's actually any more uh, content with Four coming out. There's already an anime for Persona Five too. Yeah, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, so Persona Four uh, was a tremendous, tremendous hit for Atlas. Um, it blew up pretty much uh, as the last great PlayStation Two game, and then sort of transitioned into. Even like um, being a cult classic later, later on into the PlayStation Three era. I mean, it was re-released on the PlayStation Three store. It was remade for the Vita. It's um, pretty much all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, Atlas's next step was to try to capitalize on this part of the series because why not? Um, so the fan service. So how do they go about that? Well, there's a lot of different ways they could have gone about it. Um, Persona 3 saw an expansion called The Answer, which was released with a special edition of Persona 3, mm-hmm. which uh, I never played, but I've heard it's not very good. They could have um, done a uh, done a re-release by uh, putting out DLC for maybe the Golden, or even like putting out like a separate... Um, PlayStation 2 port to the PSN store. No, what they decided to do was make a fighting game. A fighting game, a dancing game, and a uh, Etrian Odyssey game. Yeah. So uh, that leads us into our first uh, Persona 4 spinoff, which kind of took everybody by surprise. There's actually a theme you're going to notice with a lot of these games is that um, there's a lot of uh, spectacles. Speculation. Speculation from fans whether or not the uh, game itself is going to be good because they've kind of taken a lot of uh, creative liberties with a lot of these spinoffs. Um, obviously, when Persona 4, the fighting game, was announced, people were a little bit skeptical yeah, about I whether thought, or not it was going to be good. When I heard about it, I thought that it was a very silly idea. It is a very silly idea. And, of course, you know, um, all the spinoffs are silly ideas, but they're all pretty solid games. So that leads us into the first spin-off, Persona 4 Arena, which was released in arcades in Japan in early 2012 and then released on consoles on August 7, 2012. Uh, it was developed by Arc System Works, which created the Guilty Gear series and the uh, infamous Battletoads game for the Super Nintendo. Um, this game is... All of these, are, with the exception of Q being a straight-up dungeon caller, are more like visual novels that just have aspects of, like... Yeah, a visual novel, and then you have to fight someone. Yeah, uh, for example, people were worried that um, when Atlas said that uh, Persona 4 Arena would expand on the story of Persona 3 and 4, uh, people were wondering how much. Well, a lot, because there's about 20 to 30 hours worth of just story content in this game. Yeah, there was a lot of story. Um, The game... uh, uh, Story-wise, it takes place two months after uh, Persona 4, and which is about two years after Persona 3. Um, and 
you return to Inaba because, uh, as we mentioned in the previous episode, bad shit is still happening. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, the Midnight Channel not only exists, but Teddy, your, uh, your buddy from the original, is now hosting a fighting tournament in which all of you and your friends have to uh, participate in. Um, he wants you all to fight to the death. Yeah. Uh, now, this game is unique because it actually... This is... Uh, this is where they sort of tie three and four together. As yeah, they finally meet. Yeah, this game, um, this game features numerous characters. Pretty much the whole surviving cast of three, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, uh, as we didn't really dive into the Persona three characters, I mean, you have, of course, you have all your Persona four characters. Um, you cannot play as Rise. She is just the announcer. However, that changes in the uh, the sequel that comes out. Yeah. Um, also, of course, featuring um, Uncle Dojima and Nanako, who uh, Arc System Works tried to get uh, Atlas to go in the OK to have his uh, playable characters. Would have been dope. Yeah, I guess. But <laughs> fighting course, a little girl. Atlas, uh, I believe Atlas uh, verbatim said, "Hell no." Um. <laughs> So this game plays a lot like the Guilty Gear series. Each there's four buttons, um, and each button controls a limb. Um, I mean, like that sounds like every other 2D fighting game ever. But I mean, it's there's some aspects that are unique to the Guilty Gear series. The playable characters from Persona Three include Aegis, a robot, a robot, um, Mitsur- Mitsuru Kirijo, who is the a rich girl, a rich heiress, and also a battle woman. And uh, Akihiko Sanada, who is a jock who becomes a traveling fighter, who aged in accordance with their appearances in Persona 3 and Persona 3 FES, set two years before Persona 4 Arena. Now these kids are only about 20, though. Yeah. So, they look a lot older. Yeah, they do. Well, I mean, when you were a teenager, I mean, 20-year-olds seem pretty old and yeah, mature. Yeah, that's true. And this is probably from the eyes of, like, teenagers, because this is what these games are aimed at. Um, so also keep in mind, uh, there are a couple characters from Persona 3 that are absent, uh, absent for a variety of reasons, one of those being death. Death. Um, there's two characters who are alive who do show up in the next game, but we'll talk about them then. Like, this game was made for fan service, but they, they did stick true to the canon. Yeah, and the funny thing is that this game actually pertains more to the story of 3 than 4. Yeah. Um, introducing a character named Labrys, who is just like I just from Persona 3, a, a robot. Well, Persona 3 deals with, um, as I mentioned, Mitsuru Kirijo, who is the heiress of, like, a super evil company who designs, like, battle software for the, fighting the in the Robo-Cop shadow world. Company. Yeah, it's a supernatural uh, fighting company that develops technologies and apparently tortures robots, as we will find out. This is funded by the um, Japanese government. Whereas in, all the kids in Persona 4 are just regular country bumpkins. Like, they don't have any, like, super cool backstory like Mitsuru Kiriju does. It's actually kind of funny because, um, you know, thinking about this now that you bring up the fact that, like, Mitsuru, you know, is the heiress to this company that... Um, is specifically created using, like, to use technology to fight monsters. It's it's kind of interesting because uh, Persona 3 is feels much more futuristic than 4. Yeah. Um, and that even goes with how the plot goes. I mean, like, 
Persona 3 is very sci-fi, whereas, like, Persona 4 is very folksy. Yeah, you're you're selected by this mysterious company to... to You're a bunch of teenagers that are selected to fight um, interdimensional demons. Yeah. And, like, that's what you have to do. Um, the story to 3 has been, in my opinion, a lot better than 4, yeah. though. But, I mean, I think we talked about that in the last episode. Whereas, like, 4 had stronger characters, and even... And the reason why they have to use teenagers is because once you get older, you can't use a persona anymore. Yeah. You lose that ability. Which, I... I do believe they addressed that in this. I believe that the Persona 3 characters already can't, um bring out a persona no they can they can yeah um the uh the other thing about it is that um when i say also that uh this game pertains more to persona 3 story uh than 4 is especially uh apparent because of um the heavy use of elizabeth who was the um velvet room attendant in persona 3 um she is more or less the main character of the game yeah um because her whole journey is trying to, spoilers, resurrect the main character from Persona 3. Um, she is also probably the most overpowered fighter in the whole thing. It makes sense because she is a overpowered person. Yeah. Um, Persona 4 Arena plays at 60 frames per second. It's a 2D fighting game just like uh, you would see like Street Fighter or... Uh, Guilty Gear Blast Blue. It's also really good, um, which is a big surprise to a lot of people. It plays very well, and it has a very good story. Yeah, it's very fast. It's a lot of fun. It's easy to control. It's easy to get into. Very flashy. Very flashy. Um, it's a visual novel, basically. They're all visual novels that, that just happen to have fighting game elements. That visual novel and, like, the introduction of a new character was, I mean, just, like, super quality. Like, I, I was, like, almost brought to tears by the story. What What's interesting is that as convoluted as they kind of make the Persona 4 universe, they're actually pretty good at keeping it sort of together. I mean, it's not, like, overtly... Uh, um, cryptic at all. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. A lot of... The, the thing that does bother me is that they raise a lot more questions than answers. Um, that's especially apparent in this game where, um, of course, in the sequel, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes, uh, Persona 4 Ultimix, is that um, you, you begin to uh, sort of become familiarized with these two deities which would be one of them is Philemon, who makes a very subtle appearance in this game as that blue... But There's a blue butterfly you used to save in Persona 4, and it turns out that's Philemon. And then what everybody expected was that the, the villain, who um, you never actually end up seeing... He's only kind of... You only hear his voice. Everybody thought it would be Nyothentep from Persona 2. Mm -hmm. uh, 1 and 2. And uh, Philemon was from Persona 1. Yeah. He, he was uh, who Igor is now. Right. He basically is the person who gives everybody their powers. Yeah. Um, so he's anyone, the one who fuses your personas and, you know, all that. So aside from Labrys' story pretty much being tied up, who uh, her story is that, like I just... She is... Um, also a robot from Mitsuru's father's company who uh, essentially is tortured, as you say. Yeah, like, Aegis is, you know, very, like, sweet and innocent, but she's, you know, very powerful. She's a killing machine. She's a killing machine with a heart. Um, Aegis also does have a heart, but she was not treated the way Aegis was. She was made to 
combat other um, other machines with hearts, um, and they messed with her memory. They messed with everything, and like she she becomes friends with another robot and eventually has to kill her, which uh, is pretty fucked up. Yeah, her story is like a good five hours. Too. Yeah. It's a real nice fucking chunk of time in this store in this game. Um, and it also like uh, has something to do with a. This is kind of a ghost in the shell moment, but she has the personality and rural accent of a little girl who died of cancer. Oh hey. <laughs> so she. <laughs> yeah. So it is ghost in the shell yeah. basically. Um. Yeah, she she has this. I think this probably makes a lot more sense with the Japanese dub, but in the English dub, she sounds like she's from Boston. Yeah, like, she's probably supposed to sound like she was from, uh... New England or... No, or, uh, Osaka. Osaka, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, th- that... You know what? I kind, I kind of like that, like, very thick Boston accent that she has in the English uh, version. Now, the way the story progresses in this game, which is actually sort of different in uh, or the second game, is that you pick a character and you play through their story arc essentially mm-hmm. and then you pick another character uh, you pick another character you play through their story arc sometimes they intersect with others obviously um it's a very simple means of telling a story which kind of changes up a little bit to a more modern uh as weird as this sounds a more modern uh way of storytelling in fighting games yeah and i'll get into that when we talk about ultimax which we are moving into right now in 2014 just about two years afterwards uh we saw the release of persona 4 arena ultimax which is um the a lot of people thought was just an updated version of persona 4 which or persona 4 arena which it was in japan because obviously when you play the arcade version you're not playing the story you're just playing the fighting game True. so essentially um, it's just so so Persona 4 was so successful that it had um, many spin-offs, and these spin-offs were so successful that they had sequels. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so uh, that did not end up being the case, as it turns out, because not only are you seeing eight new characters, which include uh, Yukari Takaba, from, uh, who is the love interest in 3, Ken Amada, who was a little boy, that you were just buddies with. Ken. Uh, Kodomaru, which was the animal sidekick, who was just a dog. Uh, Junpei Iori, which... The dog with a persona. Yeah, a dog with a persona. Junpei Iori, who was your, be- you know, default best friend. Uh, you can now play as Rise, which she's pretty overpowered, too. Yeah, um, she fights you with her uh, microphone stick. You play as... You can also play as Adachi, who was the villain in 4, and his story... His story actually has kind of a weirdly happy ending to it. Um... You could play as Marie, um, <sighs> as well. And you could play as Margaret, right? Yeah, you can also play as Margaret, who is Elizabeth's older sister, who is the uh, Velvet Room attendant in mm-hmm. four. Um, I actually have not unlocked her or Adachi or Marie yet, but I imagine Margaret probably uh, wipes the floor with everybody, just like Elizabeth did. Yeah, um, but who would win between Margaret and Elizabeth? Uh, Probably Elizabeth. I think. I think the implication to the story Elizabeth is has that the, Elizabeth's supposed to be like the most powerful being in the universe. Yeah, and Elizabeth has like that kind of wild personality. She's, yeah, she's a wild card. There's a, there's a scene in actually uh, the the first arena game where I think she takes on the final boss of three and basically takes it down in like a second. So, um, 
there's also the introduction of, of the new villain of this series, just the, the new spinoffs. The new uh, tortured character. Yeah, Sho Minazuki, who I don't know a whole lot about. Just that he's just kind of like a guy who makes a lot of puns and also uh, sucks. <laughs> he sucks. He really sucks. Yeah. I fucking love Labyrinth, but this guy, Sho Minazuki, ugh. <laughs> Um, spoilers, the, uh, ultimate villain at the end is not Nyothrentep. It's someone else, some other Japanese god who I can't pronounce, but it's not anybody that, uh, has been implied as being the, or has been introduced in the series before. Um, so this game takes place immediately after the first arena game, also in Inaba. Uh, it focuses, it's, it's essentially the same setting as the original. Teddy is... Not real Teddy, but Shadow Teddy is running a tournament, and now everybody is also now back fighting each other, except with the introduction of all these other characters. And uh, all the Persona 3 characters are now adults, and they have an introduction with all of their new jobs. Yeah. Like, uh, Yukari is a uh, pink... She's like a TV actress. She's a pink Power Ranger. Yeah. And um, Junpei Iori, they, they do an introduction where he's... Um, playing baseball, um, but he's actually just a little kid's coach. Yeah. Uh, Ken is a teenager, though, because he was a little boy. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't encountered... Uh, Adachi is, of course, in prison, but he can get out uh, of jail by going through the television set in the jail itself. He's forced through the television forced set. Forced through. Um, also, uh, Theodore, who was a non-canon character from... Uh, Persona 3 Portable, who was the Velvet Room attendant. He's canon. Is he canon? He's canon. I thought he was non- Oh, okay. Well, I guess he's canon. Anyway, if you play as the female protagonist in Persona 3 uh, Portable, he is- You can choose to have him be the Velvet Room attendant. Yeah, you can choose him or Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, uh, of course, Nanako and Dojima make their return as non-playable characters again. Um, the story progression of this game is a little bit different than, uh- the original arena as it's kind of like you play a scenario as a character and then like you'll play like a couple chapters and then it'll automatically switch you to a different character um and then you play part of their story and then it switches you over again which is kind of how like mortal the new mortal kombat games go um the mortal kombat games actually have a really interesting story mode where like it tells you a story and then you just take you take the reins as one character and then it'll just switch you to another one and uh, I think the new Street Fighter also does that. It's kind of just like the default way of uh, storytelling um, with fighting games. Uh, just like its predecessor, the controls are drastically different. Um, there are some tweaks and balancing updates, which are stuff that does not pertain to me because I have no fucking clue how any of that stuff works. Nope. But it is also a lot of fun. Um, now, this game uh, actually... This game was in development at the same time as another Persona 4 spinoff, which is known as Persona Q, uh, Shadow of the Labyrinth? Yeah, Shadow of the Labyrinth. Uh, Ariana, you're a little more familiar with this than I am. Because I actually played you it. You actually, I actually never played this one. Um, it is a, a dungeon crawler, which has the same, uh play as an Etrian Odyssey game, meaning that it is very difficult. You have to draw your own maps. Should we talk a little bit about Etrian Odyssey? 
Yeah, I've, I've never played an Etrian Odyssey game. I've played one of them, and it's very, 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 very old school. And when I say old school, I mean that it's like a first-person roguelike game where, like you were saying, you have to draw your own maps. Um, that is extremely tedious. Extremely. Um, now, this game is interesting because this is kind of almost clashes with the canon to the arena games and kind of um, the canon to the stories in general, but it gets explained. Yeah, because... it gets explained. Um, both of the Persona 3 kids and the Persona 4 kids, while they are both in high school, um, so at the same age they are when Persona 3 and Persona 4, respectively, uh, were taking place, they get sucked into into a portal that takes them to this uh, labyrinth. Now, this all happens when their respective... Uh, um, culture festivals are going on right yes yeah so in each game there's a part where your school has a culture festival um it's just kind of a standard like this takes place in high school so you're gonna do high school shit and i believe it's they go through the booths in the culture festival and that's what brings them to the labyrinths i believe so yeah and there's like some some bell that goes off or something because it's a bell tower Anyway. Now, this had a big hold the fuck on for a lot of fans because um, one of the things that becomes apparent from seeing any promotional material is you can play as the main character from 3 as well as the main character from 4, and they are interacting with each other. Um, and um, yeah, one of them is dead. Yes, it's not the one from 4, in case you're wondering. One of them is dead by the time that Persona 4 happens. So. Right. Several years before Persona 4 happens. Uh, this is years, this but... is the reason why I was so staunch about playing a very difficult game was because I I wanted to uh, I was I was upset that these dead characters weren't in the other spinoff. So wait, is Shinji in this one too? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, he's also dead. Yep. Um, this is uh this was entirely developed by Atlas because Atlas also made the Atrian Odyssey games. You can choose to play um either Persona Three characters, the Persona Three route or the Persona Four route. Um, but they eventually all like intermingle, and you can pick your own team from all of them. Um, it, it sucks because I actually would really a lot of a lot. This has gotten a lot of really good uh, reviews and a lot of. Uh, oh, it's a great game. It's just very very yeah, difficult. It's very tedious, and I could not play too much of. Uh, there's Adrian a lot of Odyssey. there's a lot of very hard puzzles. The maps are not simple. I know you have to draw them, but they are not simple. They're very difficult maps. No, and you have to draw like five levels for each uh, dungeon, and there's about five dungeons, so you're drawing like twenty five maps. If you think we sound lazy, go ahead and uh, Google what these maps look like. They look like a fucking crossword puzzle, like. And you can't get anywhere if these maps aren't all drawn out. Yeah. And, like, I cheated and looked up all the maps and copied them onto my uh, DS, which was hard enough to begin with. Just imagining stumbling through all of those maps, like, with all of these, like, shadows attacking you and all of that shit without, like, cheating, I do not know. I do not know how we would do that. It's, it's diff- it looks It's on a whole other level. And it's, it's not really, like, a... Gameplay-wise, something I'd be terribly interested and in looking into. I think I might eventually watch, just for the sake of story, I might just yeah, watch just a playthrough of it. Watch, like, the cutscenes. Um, yeah, as far as, like, story goes, they add two new characters. Surprise, one of them's a god and one of them's dead, and they both go away to the nether worlds at the end. And uh, everyone forgets what happened. Anytime a character's added in a spinoff, you can basically... Um, 
assume that they're just going to disappear somehow. Well, Labrys is still working for Mitsuru. Oh, yeah, that's true. And also uh, Kanishi, or whatever the fuck her name is, and Dancing All Night um, is still around, too. Um, so, yeah, Persona Q... Uh, um, it was... Uh, every All the characters are, like, changed into little chibis. Yeah, they're chibi-style um, artwork. It's very it's a very pretty game. Like, it's, it's fun. There's actually... A lot of stuff to do outside of the labyrinths, uh, like eating and building weapons and little social. And this was a big release for the. And 3DS there's too. there's a lot of, you know, character development, but none of it matters because they. Uh, they forget. Yeah, it's still canon, but by the end of the game, they all go their separate ways and thus like, forgetting about each other. Like what what got me was like a. Um, in Persona 3, the little boy was going to kill one of the guys who was obviously dead, and um, at the end of Persona Q, the little boy, like, realizes, like, oh, hey, you know, I don't have to kill him, I'll forgive him, and then just forgets it. Totally just <laughs> out the door. <laughs> um, I just want to mention that, although uh, this is about a year later, at this point in time, Persona 5 has been announced. So, uh, with Persona 5 being announced, obviously fans were getting a little bit um, agitated that they were putting so much time into all these spinoffs. Because actually, I, be I believe it was pronounced on November 20 announced on November 24th, 2013. This game just came out this month. I have a picture, a a an ad saved on my phone right now that says Persona 4 coming summer of 2014. And, uh, or Persona 5. Persona 5. Um, yeah, yeah that uh, be launching, a oh, never mind, this is April 4th. Um, yeah, so the trailer came out, uh, November 24th, 2013, it was announced for the PlayStation 3. Um, in the midst of this, of because of the timing, it was also between the first two Arena games. So, during the same segment, they announced Arena 2 Ultimax, Persona Q, and Dancing All Night. And Ultra they're like, Max. also... Ultramax, and also Persona 5. So fans were a little bit irritated because they were wondering, well, how are they getting all these resources to put so much time into all these games? They're all going to be shit. Historically, the world's ending. Historically, Atlas has not been like the most well-funded, uh, most uh, resource-granted company. So. No, they haven't, but they always deliver, though. Um, everything Atlas puts out is... I mean, Great. that's why I can understand people being very confused at, like, two games happening at once. Uh, we also get into the Disney buying Marvel conundrum because Sega actually, between, uh, during this time period, buys Atlas. Mm -hmm. Which um, a lot of people were kind of afraid because of Sega not really being a company that has produced a lot of quality titles in the last few years. I think Bayonetta being an exception and maybe a couple other things. But, of course... You had people getting worried that Sonic the Hedgehog was going to end up being a Persona game or some <laughs> shit. Uh, this was obviously not the case. About, that'd be awesome. Because Persona 5 came out to a spectacular reception and also, uh, you know, a billion fucking dollars in sales. That game is the shit. It's very good. It's anyway, so good. But this episode is not about Persona 5. Uh, it is about the fact that there's 2 million Persona 4 games. And uh, Persona Q is actually a very big release for the 3DS, which included not only a spe uh, $80 special edition, but... Also included a 3DS. Yep. Uh, which I have, and a, it's very cool. A really cool-looking 3DS yeah, that it looks has like a, Elizabeth's uh, Spellbook. Yeah, it's a grimoire. Uh, and it has like a like a star and like i don't know some tarot shit on it yeah it's cool it also came with tarot cards too 
Yep. Um, so, I mean, this was a pretty big deal for Nintendo getting this game out. This is the first uh, Persona game on the 3DS. Um, now, Shin Megami Tensei, of course, is not a stranger to Nintendo consoles as the first SMT games plus numerous... Persona is. Persona, however, is. This Persona's is, always been a PlayStation. Yeah. To this point in time is still the only uh, Persona game to be un- released on a Nintendo console. Um... I really hope Persona 5 comes out for the Switch, though. I mean, it's out on PlayStation 3. If it can run on PS3, it can run on the Switch. Because it's kind of starting to develop to be, like, my preferred way to play games is on that tablet. Um, anywho, so this brings us to the potentially the last bit of uh, uh, Persona 4 spin-off, or uh, Persona 4 material. And that's the... This is the one people were uh, most... Uh, cautiously optimistic about and that's persona 4 dancing all night which which, is even stranger than a fighting game which even when they showed the trailer for this i was like i don't really think i want to buy this one but uh sure enough i'm staring at the uh the disco edition which is a gigantic box set that they released for it um so dancing all night is a rhythm game it's uh developed by atlas with um also some uh, input by Dingo, which is the company that developed Hatsune Miku. Um, that would make sense. Yeah, as Hatsune Miku is a playable character in this game, albeit DLC, so she doesn't have anything to do with the story. Uh, once again, this is all canon. Um, it can be played uh, a number of ways, either through touchscreen or by uh, hitting buttons to basically how you play DDR, except with your hands. Uh, it is actually a lot of fun. Um, there's. Uh, The only thing that kind of bothers me about it is that I don't really like the music in Persona 3 and 4, and all the songs are from Persona 3 and 4, so, like, the idea of not only having to listen to the music from those games, but also having to pay attention to it to the point that I have to, like, um, be able to, uh, synchronize with the rhythm to it, um... Yeah, that's definitely yeah. Uh, beyond my. There's a lot of stuff you can do with it. Um, See, upon... the thing I, the, the thing that I like about Persona so, so much is that it's an RPG, and you don't have to have any rhythm or uh, coordination to play it. Up until uh, up until the release of Persona Five, I believe this either this or uh, Del- or uh, Demon Survivor Two were the latest releases. Or uh, I'm sorry, SMT4 Apocalypse were the latest releases in the. Uh, Persona, or the Persona in the Shin Megami Tensei series. So do yourself a favor, go back and look at Shin Megami Tensei 1, and then look at this and be able, and remember that these are by the same people. <laughs> um, Which is why a lot of uh, SMT fans are a little salty about Persona. Yeah, they really don't like the Persona series very much, and um, uh, it's exactly what you say, is that they see the Persona games as being, like, uh, sort of almost girly. For little for, babies. For little babies compared to, like, their very bleak, very grim, dark, like, super hard RPGs. And I actually totally get that sentiment, too, because, like, yeah. uh, while you're playing Persona 5, I'd be playing uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne, and I'm like, yeah, these are very drastically different. I'm like, oh, man, I have a record, but but I, I still have a bunch of friends, and it's like you are alone in this world. Yeah, the world has ended, demons have eaten all the humans on Earth, and you are also a fucked-up monster. Uh, you have no chance of redemption, Basically, you have to survive, and then I look at the TV, and it's Persona 5, and they're eating at a, a buffet. Yeah, they're eating <laughs> so, at a very delicious-sounding buffet. Um, that's not to take away from the quality of the Persona games, obviously, but I get the riff, though. Um, 
So, Dancing All Night, you haven't played, correct? No. No. Do you ever plan on it? Possibly. I, I don't know how uh, good I would be at it. We have it, if you ever want to. Uh, the, basically, if, if the question is, do we have this SMT game, the answer is yes, every time. Um, it's I actually enjoy it quite a bit. I like the Hatsune Miku games. Um, I Story-wise, it's kind of just sort of uh, like the story to Persona 4, you ha- you're being you're introduced to another character who actually was sort of vaguely introduced in Persona 4, and that's uh, Konami Mishita, who during uh, Risei's little uh, social link was kind of the replacement to Risei. And yeah. Dropped out of the she uh, dropped out. Life. She was like kind of happy for it at first because she was getting all of Risei's roles, and then she got jealous. Right. Uh, Risei is back in the idol industry. Um, this is a month after the go- okay, so this is a month after the golden. So this is one year and one month after Persona 4. She's apparently doing pretty good because yeah. she's in Persona 5 on posters. Yeah. So, so is this girl too, uh, Konami Mishida. Yeah, she is. Um, this is essentially the same plot line to any of the dungeons in Persona 4. You meet a character, this character has problems, you go into their dungeon and you solve their problems, or you make them uh, realize their true selves, the shadow is dead. You make them appreciate friendship. Yeah, now they're your friend. Except instead of a dungeon, it's a a, a giant dance-off. As much as I I hated that uh, new character in, like, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax... At least, like they like they they tried to do the whole friendship is magic thing on him, and it did not work. Yeah, um, he's like, no, actually, I'm going to kill you one day. You never call me. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to murder you. And he was like, that's okay as long as you don't murder anyone else. Yeah, that's not okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is a, a basically just like. It, 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 it's almost just a sub-story to four, like, in the sense that it's uh, one dungeon. Um, it's Story-wise, it's kind of whatever. I mean, really, the big draw is being able to play the songs in a rhythm game, which are fun. I mean, it's it's fun enough. I can't really say too much about it because it's not... Um, it's not really... Uh, there's not really much more to it than that. Um... So I guess that really kind of does it for the spinoffs. I, I did just read right now that um, Persona 4 has a mobile card game called Persona 4, the card battle. Oh, but should we just talk briefly about like the little like other things? There's yeah. Persona 4, the radio show, Persona 4, the live play, Persona 4, the uh, television program, which isn't <gasps> out yet. Um, <laughs> Persona 4, a slew of fucking merchandise. Um uh, there's basically anything you can think of related to Persona 4, you can get it. Um, a ton of merchandise, games, um, I think there's even a, you said there's a card, yeah, they're a card game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pachinko Machines, you name it, there's Persona 4 on it. And I'm, I'm actually, like, even as, like, a fan of the series, I am 100% okay with, uh, Atlas getting money. Oh, yeah. So... They deserve um, it. Fuck, by all means. Uh, if you give me a chance to buy it, I'll buy it. And so. those those salty SMT fans are getting another game too. Yeah. Because of how much money they made. Now keep in mind, uh, any of any of the strictly Shin Megami Tensei ga- uh, fans here, these games pay the bills. So you just, you just gotta if deal they, with Persona it. Five don't make money, you're not getting Shin Megami Tensei Five. So you know, go out and buy it. You don't have to play it. Just buy it and throw it out or something. 
Um, of course, like uh, like we mentioned, Persona 5 is out right now for the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3. It is fantastic. Go out and buy it. Um, you will lose hundreds of hours into it. Do you know how many hours you're into so far? I don't want to look. I think the last time we saw you were on the third dungeon about 70 hours in. And so. uh, I'm not anywhere near finishing. Yeah. Uh, there is... It, it, it is a game that improves on its predecessors in almost every way possible. It's like, every single complaint I had about 3 or 4 has been addressed and fixed. It's Awesome. It is for... I would say it is actually perfect. I can't think of anything I don't like about it. The only thing... Uh, and this is a really small complaint, but that Morana. cat is really annoying. Yeah. Um, no, no. I like the cat. I like the character. I just don't like um, that... Like, in Persona 3 and 4, I believe, like, you just think these things to yourself. You think, oh, maybe I should go to bed, or, oh, I, you know, don't have enough money for this, or something. There's little hints, but there's nothing stopping you from doing something else. This, it's always Morgana. Yeah, Morgana is always stopping you from doing shit. He says, hey, you can't go into the adult bookstore, or hey, you have to go to bed now, or hey, you're a minor, you can't drink. Like, Morgana, like... I mean, Morgana's right, you can't really break the law, but... Seeing as you are a, uh, you do have a record. Yeah, that's true. You are on probation from the law. He's just making sure you don't go back to juvie. Um, um, however, like, like I said, the, the character of Morgana is pretty dope. Do you think this is the last we're going to see of Persona 4? Or do you think that, um, we're staring at probably more shit, which I'm going to actually mention in just a minute here. Because, like, if I think about more Persona 4 shit coming out, like, it actually seems kind of annoying. Yeah. Well, I don't think you'll have to worry about that because, uh, as I know of, there's a bunch of Persona 5 spinoffs coming out, and I'm as like, of April 21st, 2017, Atlas has registered the following trade or the following uh, trademarks, including P5D.jp, P5U.jp, P5AG.jp, P5R.jp, which are speculated to mean Persona 5 Dancing, Persona 5 Ultimax, <laughs> Persona 5 After Golden, and then. Don't know what the other one is. Maybe racing? <laughs> it could be. Um, um, but, whatever they are, I'm going to end up but buying having all them, of them. So. Having them team up with Persona 4 characters, like, I think, we, I think we've experienced all we can experience with those characters. I might uh, actually send an email to Atlas saying that I will mutilate myself on video on the internet if they don't make it that they team up with Persona 2 characters. And um, when did Persona 4 come out again? 2008? Pers- 2008. So those kids would be like 10 years, almost 10 years older than the Persona 5 kids. Yeah, so keeping uh, it's also another thing to keep in mind, like, um, if they get them together with the Persona 3 kids, those kids are like my age now. Yeah. And then, like, the Persona 4 kids are all adults too. So, I mean, inevitably, if they're going to come out with another fighting game, yeah, they're going to end up throwing in, like... Um, Persona 4 characters. It sucks because as much as I'd like Persona 2 characters to show up, those people are like in their 40s by now. They could be their like parents. Yeah, like somebody from Persona 1 could be this kid's dad. <laughs> so um, I guess that really that, does it. That, uh, that white chick in Persona 2 could very well that could be, be Anne's Anne's mom. grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing as she's a quarter... American, oh, whatever man, that, that means. Rock so fucking hard if that happened. Apparently, being a quarter American in a in Japan means that you you are, look Aryan as shit. That you have blonde hair and blue eyes. Well, you know, whatever American is, because American's not a race, right? Um, <laughs> so uh, 
that really just kind of does it for Persona 4. Yeah. That's almost two hours worth of material on one series of games. Um, so, uh, you can catch us on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash BansheeJam. Uh, come to Podcast Town. Uh, you can email us at BansheeJam at gmail.com. Our iTunes feed is up, so uh, please rate and review the podcast. Uh, subscribe. Um, uh, that's You can follow me on uh, Twitter at, at PattyAlarm. Ariana, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, I have a Twitter... While, I, while you look that up, I'll just mention a couple more things. I will be on this week's Pool Party Radio with Parker. I'm uh, Ariana Michalak on uh, Twitter. It's very so easy to remember. Have fun spelling that. Um, I will be on this week's uh, Pool Party Radio with Parker Bowman and Jason Frisbee. Uh, Jason Frisbee is also my co-host on my other podcast, The Blind Podsman is at Toichi Podcast, uh, which I will be releasing. By the time you hear this, the new episode will be out for that. Um and I guess that really about does it. Yep. So um, um, stay tuned for our next episode, which we're not going to reveal yet, but we'll drop little hints on the Facebook. Um, it won't be another video game for now, though. We're going to kind of move away from video games for a little bit. Just keep us as your stand. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we'll, in terms of podcasts, we'll end up being your bias. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so for. For, uh, no, I, I hope. Wait, wouldn't I be the bias? No, we could be the. We could both be the bias. Okay. Or does it have to be? Okay. Anyway, just, just listen to the next episode. All right. So for Ariana, good night. <laughs> <laughs>